0: they haven't heard the questions before so this is just spontaneous okay how does christian standards and reforms relate to the three angels messages
1: well uh i we believe that the first angel's message where it says fear god and give glory to him and then we uh we know that Uh, We're told that whatever we eat, Paul says, uh, whatever we do, either eat or drink to do it all for the glory of the Lord. So uh, the three angels' messages experience is where you love the Lord so much that it's not what you like anymore that's important, but Lord, what I'm doing, does this bring glory to you? So that is the main question in life. If I put this clothes, Lord, does this bring glory to you, or it brings the attention on me. What I eat, does this bring glory to you? So that's the main question in the Christian's life. Who has the three angels' messages, who understood the three angels' messages, and who has the power of the Holy Spirit in them, then the main thing is to give glory to God. Mm, I like that.
2: I would, I would say that the three angels' message is a revival message. And so the revival is not just internal, but it's external. Mm. And so we want to put our lives in perfect harmony with God's word. And the standards, as we look at them, there really is wanting to live the life as Christ would live it here on earth in perfect harmony with God's will. So that's the practical aspect of it. That's what they reflect.
0: Amen.
3: And I would just say that the main principle for the reforms is to remove the things that would hinder our relationship with God. Um, The relational enhancements, they're not... Prohibitive. It just, if you always view them as things that you can't do, you kind of miss the point of the reforms, the point of the reforms are remove the things that would keep my relationship with God, with God from thriving.
0: Mm. And I like that the answer in all three cases has been to just keep the focus on Jesus and his,
4: his glory. Jesus, the creator, formed two people that he dressed up Some people misread the scriptures and think that Adam and Eve were shrieking in the garden. But if you read it carefully, it's marital language. It says the man and his wife were naked and were not ashamed. It doesn't say the man and the woman. Now, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because if it's the everlasting gospel, the gospel began with people dressed up. And the gospel ends with people dressed up. They wear White robes. Mm. So if they begin dressed up, they end dressed up, then what happens in between? There is a dress standard. In the Garden of Eden, the dress standard in heaven, obviously there must be a dress standard here.
2: Mm.
0: I think you covered it very well in a few minutes. Good job.
5: <laughs> the second question is a very relevant question. Uh Revelation 14, 12, what does it mean to have the faith of Jesus?
6: So I guess to start off this question, in the Gospel of Matthew, when Peter walks on water, right? He says, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. Hmm. And Jesus, Peter starts to walk on water, and Jesus is walking on water. And Ellen White says that Peter Walked, worked the same miracle by the same power. Mm. Jesus walked on water through dependence upon the Father, and Peter walked on water through dependence upon the Father. Mm. And the moment his faith wavered, he started to sink. So you recognize that though their characters were in two different places, in Matthew 14, they were performing the same miracle by the same power. So when we talk about the, the faith of Jesus the complete dependence, trust, knowledge, and understanding of the love of God, of the Father that he had for him, we receive that same faith. Not the faith in Jesus, but the same faith of Jesus Mm. that he had as he lived on earth, as our example. And, of course, we understand that, that that reception of the same faith of Christ automatically precludes itself to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 of being changed into that same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. So there's a direct connection to the infilling of the Holy Spirit and his work in the life of the believer.
5: Amen. Amen.
3: And um, so Jesus is persevering, overcoming faith when he was tempted to believe the Father wasn't there, that he'd been abandoned, that he was alone. By faith, Ellen White says he was victor. He chose to rest in the Father's love here to forgive him. Mm-hmm. Um, and another element of that, I would say, is alluded to in 1 Corinthians 13, that love also believes all things, and that explains who God is, that not only does he rest in the Father's love here to he also sees something in humanity that is not yet a reality but is by faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sees something in humanity that... We may not be at the moment, but he makes us that by faith.
1: I, um, you know, the marvelous thing about the, the, the three angels' messages and just the Adventist understanding of the Bible is the fullness of the gospel. And here, um, Paul, in Galatians 2.20, he says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless uh, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me so uh that tells me that if jesus lives in me then who operates his faith in me is jesus so the faith of jesus is exercised when jesus lives in me so uh that gives me such a comfort that we're not called to these high standards that god puts to achieve them by ourselves but jesus is going to do it he has done it when he was here on on this earth he has kept the commandments by faith in His Father. He can do it again in my life when He lives in me.
3: In the life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Galatians 2.20 and same thing in Romans 1.16 and 17 that um, the just shall live by His faith is how it reads in the original language.
4: The word faith is an interesting word however. When a wife says, I do not have any more faith in my husband, what does that mean?
5: Hmm. Hmm? No more trust. No more trust. Hmm.
4: Faith is actually trust. Trust is something that you have in a relationship with somebody you know. Therefore, when Jesus was on the cross hanging, he had to rely upon his trust in his Father That even though he could not see beyond the portals of the tomb, he could hang his life Mm. in the hands of the Father. So to have the faith of Jesus means to have the trust of Jesus. And that's why it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct you. Faith is not just something that's uh, ethereal. It is a a living walk and trust in God that has to be exercised at all moments, at all situations. And finally, even if it comes to the time when you have to go, you can say, into thy hands I commit my spirit. That's
2: trust. Just two things. One is that I love how it says that they keep the commandments of God and keep the faith of Jesus. You can't keep something that has not been given to you. Right? So I think that's just... Results, that is the faith of Jesus, but something just a different angle, and I agree with all of them, is that when you think about at the close of probation, that humanity will, will be without an intercessor, right? And I always thought, wow, that's pretty dangerous. Why would Jesus leave us without intercessor? But I think that that's also an, another angle in the faith of Jesus where he's saying, you, you have been so faithful to me in your life. You've completely, consistently, and constantly surrendered and depended on my righteousness, on my faith, on my life. That I know that I can leave you without an intercessor, and you will still be faithful to me. So it's the faith of Jesus in us, putting His faith in us, and that encourages us to know that Jesus trusts in us in the same way, and that you know that He would put us in that situation. It's like wow, like He's saying, "I know, I know you love me more than sin, and I know you love righteousness more than the ways of the flesh."
5: Amen. May God help us to trust him more and more.
0: Amen. I just love that discussion. I wish we could keep on for the rest of the time just with this. But we have another question. It is very clear that literature evangelism is one of the methods that can and should be used to spread the three angels' messages. But what are some other methods? Please give us examples and tell us why and how they are connected to spreading the three angels' messages.
1: Well, we're told that the medical missionary work is the right hand of the third angel's message. Mm -hmm. So medical missionary work, and if, you know, it's easy to think that that is um, uh, just injecting people or operating people, but Ellen White says that medical missionary work is actually meeting people where they are and meeting their immediate needs. She calls that the medical missionary work. Mm -hmm. When you go out there... Uh, talking to people knocking on their doors you, meet, you see so many needs different needs physical needs mental needs relational needs meeting those needs is medical missionary work and that's the right arm of the third angel's message and say wow this is amazing and that actually what inspired us as Streams of Light to have a health magazine going right with the great so we can't separate the arm from the body and they have to go together mm, Amen
6: I think um, with this question, people look for other methods, you know, and I guess this will come up in my presentation later. Ian Bounds' quote, which is the church seeks better methods, but God seeks a better man.
2: Mm. Mm. Right.
6: The Holy Spirit doesn't fall on methods. So when you look at the apostles in Pentecost, Ellen White says that by giving them the languages and every language of the world was represented at that time and gave them understanding in that moment she says the holy spirit accomplished something in them that they could not have done in a thousand years mm. so you recognize that by having a transformed peter that's that is the method god has always used men at every single age and a lot of these methods that we use were created by men who were inspired by the holy spirit so there was a time when the evangelistic series and campaign was a new thing that was innovative And we created it. There was a time when, oh, get a printing press and do this and publish these things. That was a new thing. The problem becomes is that as we move into the the current times in which we live, we're trying to use methods that don't necessarily connect with where people are and where they want to be found. So when we look at technology, there are places where you go to Africa, you hold up an evangelistic meeting you'll baptize hundreds of people. If you go to Frankfurt, not so much, not the same. So you have certain methods work better in certain places, but the the fundamental goal is to reach the heart, is to plant the seed, is to be a sower and to sow beside all waters. So a lot of times every lay member can't become a full-time minister, but you should be a missionary. So if God called you to be a carpenter, as Ellen White says, Jesus was just as much fulfilling the purpose of God in the carpenter shop when he was just going to work, wasn't working any miracles. He was just as much fulfilling the purpose of God. So when we look at a lot of these methods, like if you have a job, God placed you there to reach out to those people through interesting methodologies within that immediate community. But we have a mindset of wanting to be a missionary where we're not. It's easy to get missionary courage in Philippines and then come back home to Detroit, Michigan and do nothing. So basically what you're telling me, you'll serve the Lord for two weeks and in the other rest of the year, there's no service and no outreach. So I think when we when we have the question of methods, we can turn to education, we can turn to public evangelism. We can turn to medical missionary work. And all of these things are things that have been done and have proved, been proven to work. At the same token, it doesn't mean we're limited to those methods. We have to think, I need to reach him. God, teach me how to reach him. And who knows what God will come up with Mm. in that process.
4: Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the opposite side of the coin, we need to recognize that Jesus did not come up with new, fandango ideas in order to reach people. Yes. He used the simple principles of godly living and preaching the word. And today people are saying in North America that evangelism doesn't work any longer. It's, if you don't know how to work it, it doesn't work. But since it's an everlasting gospel to be preached, it means then that it will go on until the end of time. So coming up with unusual methods that are not biblical is not what God wants. For example, I'll give you one simple example. Uh, In Europe, they came up with what is called coffee churches. And coffee church was setting up, uh, taking the church, turning it into like a cafe, and getting rid of the pews and putting round tables and offering people from the community to come in and drink coffee with them so they could chat with them. Yep. Now I think that that they have an idea of reaching the community. But I asked one of the persons doing that. I said, to them, "So once they become Adventists, then what do you do with the coffee?" And the answer was, "What's wrong with coffee?" Mm. So you have to you have to recognize that they have good intentions, but they're using something that Jesus himself did not use. Mm. So not only using the appropriate methods, which we uh, we teach, uh, but avoiding that which... In other words, Jesus did not sing Samaritan t- tunes to Im- and dress up like a Samaritan to impress the Samaritan that he was, he was uh, you know, one with them. Mm. Right. He came as he was and reached the heart of that woman, and that's why somebody said reaching the heart is what's important.
0: Mm, amen.
3: I think injecting yourself where the people are. Paul did this in Ephesus, preaching the synagogues. They weren't really favorable in Acts chapter 19. And eventually he rinsed the school of Tyrannus, a place that people would go during the heat of the day. They couldn't work. And it was a place where people would go to hear new ideas and so forth. So he thought, if this is where people are going and having these conversations, and I'll just put myself there and have my own conversations. And in the span of a few years, all of the Roman province of Asia heard the gospel. He never left that place. So people came, they heard, they went home, they shared. Other people came, they heard, they went home, they shared. So I think just being intentional and putting yourself in a place where people are open um, can work tremendous dividends too. Worked for Paul.
5: Hmm.
2: I would just say that um, I know a lot of people that they give out books and they kind of put their little checklist on their, oh, I gave out books. I know Oleg teaches the right way because that's why you come to AFCO. Um, but Matthew 28, Jesus says that we are to make disciples, teaching them to keep the things that I have teach, taught you. And so I think what he's saying here, the way I understand it, is that every Christian is called to be a Bible worker. And so we all should be trained in how to give Bible studies. And that's another area where it's not just about giving out literature, which a lot of people just think that that's enough, which is great, don't get me wrong, but the purpose is to make a connection with somebody so that you can share the word of God, right? And so I think that's also another part of it is learning how to give Bible studies and, and, and being ready to do that type of work too.
6: And I think one thing I also want to add is I was doing a training with some students and I gave them an exercise to say, I need you to summarize the three angels' messages, the gospel in 60 seconds, and come back next week and tell me your pitch. And you realize that we, if you cannot explain something simply, that means you don't understand it.
0: So are you gonna do that for us right now?
6: (laughs) I I could give you my take, because I use my testimony. But I believe that sometimes we also feel as if I have to say a billion words. But when the heart is ready to receive and that soil is good, it doesn't matter how small the seed is. Plant it. But a lot of times we feel, well, I have to give you all 28 fundamental beliefs. When in reality, winning a person to Christ can really just be one sentence. And being able to digest that thing and simply explain it. And so I, I think that's another thing that um, is important in this question of methodology is, okay, can I give it simply to someone? Mm, mm-hmm. in six, yes. On an elevator, on an airplane, mm-hmm. in passing at the grocery store. And all of a sudden, that heart just comes open and says, you know, there's just something different about you. And it's easy to say, oh, you know, God is good or whatever. But I realize I want to go further than that. And so by telling them, hey, God found me in darkness, brought me from this and that. And he showed me that he was able to do for me what I could not accomplish for myself.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
6: And through that dependence, he has led me to find the joy of communion with Christ.
2: Amen. That's what you're
6: seeing. And so now that person just automatically opens up and the Bible studies that my brother's talking about and all of that, it begins to follow. So sometimes we just need to salt the oats, get them ready to want more.
0: Mm. Well, as we're winding down here and we'll give Oleg a chance to say something, it just seems to me like it's, it's our lives. It's, it's how we live as disciples, as well as being knowledgeable in medical missionary work, Bible studies, and other things. And Oleg, I'm just going to give you uh, 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, just when Jesus is in any ministry, that ministry will work, and that method will work. Because when you, you know, I'm so passionate about literature evangelism. Sometimes when I present literature evangelism, it might sound that that's the only method that works. No, it's just I tried it, and it works. I tried it and I see how people are getting converted and I'm trying to make everyone try it and experience it. But then you try every single ministry from different approaches with an app, with a school, with another school of evangelism, with evangelistic series. And you see that God changes lives through that method and then you try to say, people, this method works, use it. So that's why we're so passionate about different areas. But if Jesus is in the method, that method will work. Amen. Amen. Can I
4: just simply say something? Back in 1992, we started the School of Evangelism. They called it Black Hills, called Mission College of Evangelism. Mm. And my wife and I, who've been in evangelism for years, uh, put together what we felt were the most important aspects of successful soul winning. And that's the bottom line. You want to be a successful soul winning. Yes. Bible studying is important. Knowing how to preach is important. Knowing how to give your testimony is important. Knowing how to share literature is important. All these aspects are important. But they have to be put in a framework where a person who is converted knows how to be led by the Spirit of God to know which one to use, whether it be medical, missionary, etc. Amen. And, yeah, for, from... Uh, the, the challenge is that most of our universities will teach people, teach theologians, and not soul winners.
5: Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much. That question is a loaded question. And I think if anyone in the audience wants to be trained on how they can apply Bible working, medical missionary work, digital media evangelism, or public evangelism to your efforts and sharing the Three Angels' messages, you can get in contact with AFCO, with CORE. You can get in contact with Louis Torres. Or if you want to listen to The Great Controversy or other Spirit of Prophecy books uh, and share it with others, you can download Illuminate. I want to thank you, panelists, for your time. And uh, we didn't have time to cover everything, but I want to leave two questions with you to talk about for the rest uh, of the day and tomorrow. How do, the One question was, how do we share the three angels' messages with an unbeliever? That's question number one. And two, what part of the three angels' messages would be relevant to a Muslim? I'm going to leave that with you. We are now going to transition into our uh, next um, seminar and workshop by Nyarlene Edwards, and I'm sure we'll be blessed.
2: Father, we thank you again for just the privilege and the blessing and the honor that you have given us to collaborate and to work with you, and to work, have you work through us and in us to reach the, so many, uh, those that are in our circle of influence, those that may be in foreign lands. As we talked about, there are many different methods, but there is only one way, and Jesus Christ is the way. Amen. And so it is that His character, that His life, that His faith, that His righteousness can be manifested in us, and that we can let you do the work that you want to do in us and through us. And so we thank you, Father, and just. Keep us humble and hungry for your Word, for your Spirit, and for your Son, Jesus Christ. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
5: This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.